Yeah, I'm going to be that guy because you did press play again, so you've got this coming. I'm going to be that guy who, even though they avoided a sweep last night at Wrigley, I'm going to dwell on the negative. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates 3, Cubs 2, and they take one, a game in which the Pirates had pitching that was certainly good enough. Will Crow and Mitch Keller started it out, gave up a run each. Uh, Dwayne Underwood was the one who was really the bridge. Two and a third scoreless innings. I'd given up on Underwood forever ago, so in my face. And then David Bednar just doing what it is that he does. He's becoming maybe the best closer in baseball. Now, all things being relative, he doesn't have to do it as often as others, dot, 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 dot. Whatever. Nice night. Here I go. Yoshi Tetsugo, 0 for 4. Yoshi is now batting 167 for the year. He is now reaching the point where his batting average is so low that it actually benefits him mathematically because that number can only get scrunched so much. He has done nothing at the plate this year. Absolutely freaking nothing. And there is no reason whatsoever, not present-minded, not future-minded, not even past-minded, meaning in terms of regret, for him to continue playing every single day. This player means nothing to this organization. And it's funny, but that was almost true, or just as true, when Late last summer, he showed up in Pittsburgh and went all Babe Ruth on the process. He was always going to be some kind of bridge to something or someone else. That applied then, and it applies now, even after Ben Charrington gave him the one-year, $4 million contract. Now, I'm not going to be hypocritical here. I'm going to acknowledge that I thought that contract was fine. I did and do see value in winning in 2022. But I also did and do see that he's not exactly contributing to that specific cause, now is he? So what what's going on? How to make sense of some of this? It's funny, you know, I, I tend to snap at people who put forth wacky conspiracy theories, but the pirates sometimes put you into a position where the wacky conspiracy theory is all you've got. And you know what? I can't even come up with a wacky conspiracy theory for this. It's just so dumb. It's so directionless. I'm honestly not sure what to do with it. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of... Steak on a stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. 
The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. So what is it that should be done about this? Well, here comes Captain Obvious. Get Yoshi out of here. He's not a major league hitter. No one is a major league hitter when they're batting 167. You can find all the peripherals, advanced or otherwise, but 167 gets you out of the majors. That's Cole Tucker territory. There are pitchers who consistently batted above 167. And all of this goes double when you're considering that this was supposed to be and was signed to be a middle-of-the-order power bat, and there's been next to nothing of the kind. Now, Derek Shelton's on record as saying he has seen things in Yoshi's swing and approach that have him encouraged and that he's seen better at bats in the blah, blah, blah. It's all crap. I'm sorry. I understand that a manager has to have his players' backs, and I understand that a manager who was a hitting coach, and they never really stopped being hitting coaches, always wants to encourage and to find the positives. No thanks. This player has to go, and he has to go like yesterday. He shouldn't be participating in the weekend series that the Pirates have coming up against the Cardinals. There's no reason for it. There's no loss, by the way, either in just letting him walk. If you designate him for assignment, there's a really, really good chance that no one will claim him. If that happens, big whoop. If somebody does claim him, so much the better than the remainder of his salary prorated, is off your books. Also, big whoop, okay? It, it, there's no damage done by DFAing him. And from there, you can either put Daniel Vogel back at first base, which I wouldn't be all that crazy about. I've seen him play first, and he's okay. I saw him play a lot of first, actually, in grapefruit ball down in Bradenton this past spring. But when Vogel back is one of the legit top DH guys in all of baseball, I'm not inclined to mess with that by having the additional burden for him of being in the field. Let him hit. Heaven knows the lineup could use it. So what do you do in turn? Well, you don't start moving around all your various versatility guys just to show off how versatile you are. What you do is you bring up Mason Martin. Now, Martin isn't exactly scorching the ball in Indianapolis, his first real experience in AAA. But he's hitting 256. He's got five homers, 21 RBIs. He's been the regular guy for the Indians at the position, and he's continued to show the promising power that he's flashed at every level of the system. In fact, the one thing that nobody really doubts about Martin is whether or not he'll be able to hit for pop. It's been thought all along and continues to be that he'll strike out quite a bit. Okay, that only gives him something in common with everyone in baseball right now, especially those who are swinging for the fences. You might as well get somebody who connects once in a blue moon and see if he can progress or advance while he's in Pittsburgh. 
If, in fact, you don't consider Mason Martin to be some kind of future star or whatever, then there's even less risk of bringing him up and seeing what he's got. Treat him pretty much the same way that you have Rodolfo Castro, Diego Castillo, Jack Zawinski, who homered again last night in his hometown. Those guys came right up from double A or from very little time in triple. And no one that I hear from is fretting about how it is that they fare. So, again, what's the holdup here? Every single game Yoshi takes to the field is a completely wasted opportunity at that position. And please spare me the whole small sample size and 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 whatever else. It's the third week of May. And also, for that matter, this is what Yoshi did almost all of last season until showing up in Pittsburgh and hitting the way he did. Just, that's enough already. Uh, when we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for J1Q, and today's comes from Jim. And uh, Jim's got an unusual question here. He says, DK, you've mentioned several times that Bob Nutting is either a paying member of DK Pittsburgh Sports or pays attention to the site. When you rightly and repetitively lambaste the team, do you ever hear directly from him with an explanation or justification, even if it's off the record? First off, Jim, to clarify, the only thing I've said uh, to anyone as it relates to who subscribes to the site or who reads it or whatever else, is that the ownership and the upper management of all three of the teams that I cover have subscriptions, and I've heard from them that they read the site, for which I'm grateful. We're grateful for all of our subscribers and readers, and of course, the listeners here to Daily Shot. I have also had many conversations with Bob Nutting, most of them off the record. In fact, I've had more conversations with Bob than all of the other owners in town combined, uh, including accounting for the recent sale of the Penguins. Now we have multiple ownership groups and, of course, Art Rooney and the Steelers. I have spoken with Bob way more than any of them. And you know what? As long as I'm on the subject, I've seen more of him than any of them. There are countless valid reasons to criticize the nutting ownership of the Pirates, and they go back to the very beginning of his taking control in 2007. But I will say this until I'm blue in the face. The number of false narratives that get compounded on top of that are insane. I have people describing him as a a recluse, never comes out, Uh, he's in hiding. He is literally around all the time. Tomorrow when the Pirates are back from Wrigley and they're taking batting practice, I'll bet everything I have in my wallet right now that he's going to be out there on the field right behind the cage. He does that all the time. He's constantly around the team. 
But what's additionally funny is that the same people that spout the narratives about his being a recluse or whatever else also are the first in line to say that whenever some, I don't know, decision about when so-and-so should have gone to the bullpen in the fourth inning or whatever will blame the owner for it or will blame the owner for some minor trade as if the owner of any team has anything to do with that sort of thing. I'm going to try to answer your actual question here, but I just wanted to offer some context first. Uh, The conversations that I have with him tend to be more of the macro scale. It's not going to be something that's you know, really small or in the moment. I, as a reporter, am trying to gain information to share with you. That's my job. So for as many times as Bob has heard me or read me ripping him as being cheap or uh, over delegating, which he does way, way, way too much in too many different situations, He's never once responded to a criticism. What he's done instead is he's responded whenever he feels a fact has been portrayed incorrectly. And if you're a reporter, if you're a professional journalist, you actually welcome that. You're always welcoming as much information as you can possibly get. It doesn't mean that what you had originally was wrong. It doesn't mean that what he's saying or anyone else is saying is correct just because they said it. But it's another avenue of information. And ideally, over the course of getting a lot of that information and more of it, you can come up with the fairest possible way to portray something to the people that are counting on you to do just that. And I can tell you that that's the way our talks go. Bob will bring up something that it might have been portrayed a certain way by me. It might have been by uh, some other you know, media outlet or reporter or whatever. And he'll just want to set the record straight. He'll give background on it. And it'll usually be pretty convincing. I got to be honest with you. And I take that and I work it into whatever it is that I'm sharing with you. It's, you know, sports reporting really isn't all that different than any other kind of reporting. You're looking for as much as you can get from as many different people in the know as possible. And the higher they are up their respective food chains, the more it's going to weigh. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one tomorrow. And you will press play again. Don't think I didn't notice.